UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. All right, guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. We got tons to talk about this week. Coming up, we'll recap week two of the NFL, make predictions for week three, and talk about power rankings. That's all coming up right here on UCM The Beat. So the Thursday night game... In week two in Kansas City, that was probably one of the craziest games I've ever watched. It was back and forth. In the second half, yes. In the first half, it was kind of boring, to be honest. But, I mean, you know, it's the NFL. It's not supposed to be easy, is it? You know, that's what these professional athletes train for is to be in the NFL. Now, Patrick Mahomes, in the first half last week, he did not have the best half. I mean, he threw for under, under 200 yards in the first half, which is not like him at all. But in the second half, he absolutely went beast mode. I mean, this man threw a 41-yard pass down the field to a wide-open Justin Watson. But the biggest play of that game, I think, was the 99-yard pick six by a rookie who was drafted in the seventh round of this year's draft. And for some of the time last year was flipping and serving burgers at a Wendy's restaurant. That just goes to show the dedication that these players go through to try and make it to the NFL. Now, week two was another crazy week, but I got I got to say that was one of my worst prediction weeks I've ever had. I got six predictions right out of the sixteen. Not a very good start. But, I mean, it just goes to show how, how unbelievable and how unpredictable the NFL can be. So let's talk about these games. First off, let's start with Monday night because that just happened. So the Eagles basically... Got a huge win over the Minnesota Vikings. I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, if you stop Justin Jefferson, you pretty much stop the Vikings offense. Because Dalvin Cook, I got to say, he doesn't have it anymore. He did back in the day, but not anymore. Let's talk about that Bills and Titans game. Holy moly, you'd think the Bills would show some mercy to the Tennessee Titans, but, I mean, so far this year, they've outscored their opponents, and I'm going to say this quite a bit throughout the, throughout the entirety of the show, but they've outscored their opponents. 72 72 to 17 that's a 55 point differential they have an outstanding team 
and I think you're going to hear from me first, the Bills are going to be the team to beat in the AFC. Packers absolutely dominated the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Bears, what was that? I'm very disappointed in you. I mean, Justin Fields did make an effort to try and get into the end zone. But, unfortunately, it was not meant to be. And the Cowboys, I can't believe I'm about to say this. The Cowboys upset the Cincinnati Bengals in Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys, or as I call them, the Dallas Cowgirls, they sacked Joe Burrow six times throughout the course of this game. Joe Burrow, and once again, I'm going to say this a lot throughout the podcast, he has been sacked a total of 13 times in two games. What happened to the offensive line that you spent at least $70 million on in the offseason? Pathetic. Moving on, next we got the Titans and, excuse me, the Texans and the Broncos. Both offenses really struggled to get it going. I mean, all it was in the first half was field goals. That's not interesting. I want action. I want touchdowns left and right. And the Texans and the Broncos just didn't give it to me. I gotta say, that might have been... One of the most boring first halves I've ever watched. The Cardinals, now they came back in the second half and they tied the game. They came back from 20 down to tie the game. Against... You'll never believe this. The Choke Vegas Raiders. Or the Las Vegas Raiders, but I like to call them the Choke Vegas Raiders. Because they are notorious for choking away leads. And the Rams, they barely beat the Falcons. They beat them 31-27. to I was very shocked at this because the Falcons are, they're not the best team in the NFL by a long shot. Heck, I don't even think they're an elite team with Marcus Mariota as the quarterback. Jalen Ramsey sealed the game with an interception in the end zone. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is quite possibly one of the best one of the best at his position in the NFL. He did get burned by T Higgins in the Super Bowl, but I mean that's going to happen from time to time, you know. Now the 49ers, they cruised to a 27 to 7 win. They absolutely dominated the Seahawks. I was not expecting that. I was expecting them to put up more of a fight. But you don't always get what you want, do you? Now here's one of the games that shocked me the most. The Detroit Lions. Now think about this. The Detroit Lions beat 
The Washington Commanders at home. And by at home, I mean they were in Detroit, so it was probably loud there. But they beat them 36 to 27. I gotta say, this year the Lions. I can't believe I'm about to say this. This is just ridiculous. The Lions are surprising me this year. They are in the top 10 in scoring offense. I don't know if they've ever been up there. Now, once again, the Bucks' offense, they really struggled to get anything going. I think one of the things that that was a momentum shift was Jameis Winston throwing a pick six. He unfortunately went back to his old ways in throwing interceptions. And this might have been one of Brady's worst games I've ever seen. He threw for under 200 yards. That's not very good. Now, I know that's obvious, but... Still, when you throw for only... He threw for only one touchdown. And he fumbled the ball when they were in the Saints' territory. Also, the Dolphins, I gotta admit, their offense is going to be scary this year. Now, the real test is going to come this week against the Buffalo Bills. But if they pull this one off, I'll be very shocked. They erased... Now, think about this. Heading into the fourth quarter, they were down 35 to 7. 35 to 7. What do you think the winning percentage is for a team that is down by 28 going into the fourth quarter? It's probably less than 10%. But I gotta admit, Tua Tagovailoa, he had some pretty good throws, but he almost underthrew Tyreek Hill. But I think the real reason, the real reason why the Ravens lost that game, is because they blew coverage against the Cheetah. You can't do that. You cannot. Blow coverage against the cheetah, or else he's probably going to burn you. Now this one, this next one really shocked me. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they absolutely obliterated the Indianapolis Colts. They shut them out 24 to nothing. I was not very impressed with the the Colts. Oh, they're going to be so bad this year. Matt Ryan just doesn't have it anymore. You got Jonathan Taylor running back, which that's a pretty good choice. But they don't really have anyone in the receiving core. This is another one that really stunned me. The New York Jets beat the Browns. Now, the Browns have a pretty good defense. I mean, they have Miles Garrett. They have Miles Garrett, Jardavius Clowney. And that's pretty much it. But I think the thing that really sealed the deal was when the Jets went for an onside kick 
and they recovered it. Now, the onside kick is not a very high success rate. It's less than 20% in the league right now. Now, I think the biggest mistake of this game that was made was Nick Chubb not sitting down at the goal line as opposed to taking it in. He should have sat down because that would have... That would have iced the game for the Browns, and they would have started 2-0. But instead, they're 1-1. The Patriots somehow got a win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm disappointed in Mitch Trubisky so far this season. He's been a bust ever since he came into the league. And last but certainly not least, the Giants, they beat the Panthers. What? They are 2-0 to start the season. In the NFC East, which, by the way, is a terrible division. You got the Cowgirls, you got the Commanders, the Giants. Teams like that, they're not very good. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We'll be talking about... We'll be talking about the Week 3 matchup against the Steelers and the Browns. Plus, I'll give you a trivia question. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Taking the Snap, only on UCM The Beat. It's important to buckle up your kids. I know. Sometimes car seats can be complicated. I know. And if your child's in the wrong seat and you get into a crash. I know. It could lead to a serious injury. I know. So you're 100% sure you have the right car seat for your child's age and size? I don't know. Don't think you know. Know you know. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Make sure you have the right car seat. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Everybody buckle up. Buckle up. Let's go. Buckle up. Can we go to the store? Buckle up. Everybody, buckle up. A lot goes on in the car, but you're in control. So only move when you hear the click that says they're buckled in. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. On what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. All right, guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's talk about that Steelers and Browns game last night. 
Now, I wasn't able to watch it, unfortunately, because I had to work, but... I saw the stats from the game this morning, and I gotta say, I was pretty shocked. The Browns won 29-17. Now, I know that's an odd score, so you might be wondering about what happened with all the scoring plays. Well, in the first quarter... With 2.54 left, Amari Cooper caught a pass from Jacoby Brissett for 11 yards for a touchdown. Then, then in the second quarter, five seconds into that quarter, Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers ran it in for five yards. Then with 8.58 to go in the, in the first half, David Njoku caught a seven-yard pass from Jacoby Brissett for a touchdown. Going into the... Now going into the, the second half, the Steelers had a 14-13 lead. Now you might be saying, how did they score that on the touchdown? Well, Mitch Trubisky ran it in from one yard out. That's not very impressive. If it was a 30-yard run, I'd be more impressed. But since it was a one-yard run, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Not very impressive at all. Then in the third quarter, the only points that were scored was a field goal by a rookie kicker named Cade York. A 34-yard field goal to put the Browns up 16 to 14. And then in the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb ran it in from one yard out. Extra point is good. Okay. 23 to 14, not too bad. With 1.48 to go in the game, Chris Boswell kicked a 34-yard field goal to make it 23-17. Okay, Browns fans are starting to get a little bit shaky now. But then Denzel Ward recovered a fumble in the end zone, and that pretty much iced the game at this point. So there you go, 29-17. to 17. The Steelers had 20 first downs last night compared to the Browns' 22. Yeah, the Browns, they had the ball for a lot longer. They had the ball for 36 minutes and 9 seconds. They gained a total of 376 yards. I think what really messed up the, the Steelers last night was third down efficiency. They were, get this, one for nine on third down. That's horrible. Now the Browns on third down... They were 6 for 16. The Steelers didn't go for it on fourth down at all, but the Browns did quite a bit. They went for it on fourth down four times, and they converted it three times. But the Browns, they also got sacked two times last night without T.J. Watt. I think what really, another thing that killed the Browns, excuse me, come on. Another thing that killed the Steelers last night was penalties. They had five penalties against them for 25 yards. Now, I don't know what Mike Tomlin is thinking not putting in Kenny Pickett because he is clearly the better quarterback. As I said before in the show, 
Mitch Trubisky is not it. It's Kenny Pickett that's the answer. But Mike Tomlin just wants to be an arrogant. He wants to be an arrogant coach and say, Oh, we have nothing wrong with us. Yeah, you do. You don't have a good quarterback. I gotta say, I'm impressed by the Browns this year. I know, I know, I know. How are you impressed by the Browns? They're not that good. Well, then how did they beat the Steelers? They beat the Steelers because... Now, the obvious answer is because they outscored them. But they also played them very toughly. They rushed for 171 yards. And I think, me personally, I think Mike Tomlin should be gone by the end of this year. I mean, yes, he did do well with Ben Roethlisberger, but hey, Mike Tomlin, I got a message for you. This is not the Ben Roethlisberger era anymore. News flash! He retired. All right, we're going to move on to a trivia question next. The last time the Chiefs played the Colts in the regular season was in 2019, in Week 5. Who was the starting quarterback for the Colts in that game? Was it A, Andrew Luck, B, Jacoby Brissett, or C, Carson Wentz? Stay tuned to the end of this episode to find out the answer. We're going to take another quick break coming up. We'll talk about the power rankings according to experts on NFL Network. And we will do it next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Taking the Snap only on UCM The Beat. Hey, America. We need to have a little talk. We've got more food in our country than we know what to do with. Food at the grocery store and food in the vending machines, fast food, health food, and seafood. We've got so much food that anything people don't buy, we just throw out. Yet 17 million kids in America struggle with hunger. That ain't right. Luckily, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks has volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like food angels. Yeah, I made that up. It's kind of catchy. Hello, people. This isn't rocket science. We could solve hunger today. To start, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. That's a website, duh. We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times? 51. 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wounds? 911, what is your emergency? Please help. My son shot his brother. 911, what is your emergency? 911, please state your emergency. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. 
Welcome back to Taking the Snap. So let's talk about the power rankings so far. This is quite possibly one of the worst lists of power rankings I've ever seen. At number 32, now there are some things I agree with, such as the first one. At number 32, we got the Houston Texans. I agree with this because here's the thing. The Texans have never really been a good team since Deshaun Watson, well, you know, did some stuff that he, let's just say, shouldn't have. They have not been the same ever since then. In fact, the last time they made the playoffs was the 2019 season, which carried on into 2020 where they would eventually choke a 24 to nothing lead against the Chiefs. At number 31 is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, Panthers, I gotta be honest. I thought you were gonna do better with, with Baker Mayfield, but clearly that's not the case. You started out 0-2 to two teams you should have easily beat first week you had the Cleveland Browns by the throat you were up you were up 24 to 23 with a minute to go and you proceed to choke it that bad unbelievable at number 30, we got the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I understand this. Because the Bears, they've never really been a top-of-the-tier team. They've been more like a D or a C tier. But I gotta admit, with Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle. I think... Now they still don't have a shot because of that defense. I mean, they gave up 27 points to a team who in week one scored only a touchdown. At number 29, we got the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah... I gotta agree with this as well. Because I've said it before and I'm gonna say it multiple times throughout this. Throughout all my shows probably. The Falcons are notorious for choking. Now this surprises me. At number 28 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So let me get this straight. You put the Jaguars... At number 28, after shutting out the Indianapolis Colts. What? That makes no sense. The Colts play terrible. At number 27, we got the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I understand this. The Commanders, they just... They're not a good team. I mean, they have issues at quarterback with Carson Wentz. Now, he did look good in the first game, but in the second game against the Lions, he looked horrible. At number 26, you have the Indianapolis Colts. No, 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 no. Stop right there. I'd put him at number 31, and I'll tell you why. Because a team who gets shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars do not deserve... They just don't deserve... They don't deserve to be in number 26. I'd put him at, like, maybe 29... At number 25, we got the New York Jets. 
I'm not sure about this one, honestly. I mean, I mean, Joe Flacco, he did do well in the final two minutes, leading his team to a comeback win. But it's the Jets. The Jets have never really been good. And number 24, we got the Seattle Seahawks. What? Why? I'll be honest, I really don't understand these power rankings at all. This is not how I rank them. This is just the NFL Network. I mean, the Seahawks have a career backup quarterback as their starter. I mean, to be fair, the other option is not very good in Drew Locke. At number 23, we got the Steelers. Eh. I mean... Yes, they have T.J. Watt, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Kenny Pickett, Minka Fitzpatrick. So they got a solid team, but you lost to the Patriots. No. At number 22, we got the Cleveland Browns. For some reason. No. That is not where I would put them. Not after their defensive performance. Against the freaking Jets. I mean. They allowed two touchdowns. In the span of one minute. And 55 seconds. That's pathetic. At number 21, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I understand this because Micah Parsons is an absolute force, okay? He is very good at his position. I mean... And they got C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, who's a very, very solid tight end. At number 20, we got the Tennessee Titans. Really? You're going to put a team that has started the season 0-2 at number 20? Derrick Henry has looked Horrible. I mean, absolutely awful. At number 19, we got the New York Giants. Okay, yeah. I kind of understand that because, well, Daniel Jones does not look anything like his normal self. He's normally throwing interceptions, fumbling the ball. He's not doing that very many times this year. At number 18, we got the New England Patriots. I mean, I think the only reason they're up here is because of their defense. Their offense has really struggled. At number 17, we got the Denver Broncos. I wouldn't even put them in the top. I would not put them at the top. In the top 20 until they get their offense figured out. Because let me tell you, their offense, they've only scored 32 points. 32 points to begin the season. That's that's like a bottom of the tier team. At number 16, we got the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I understand this. Listen... They're going to surprise a lot of people this year. They're a really good team. Now I know you're going to say, it's the Lions. How are they good? Well, let me explain. They got Jared Goff at quarterback, which that might not 
not be the best choice. But, I mean... And they got DeAndre Swift at running back. At number 15, we got the Choke Vegas Raiders. Nah, I wouldn't put them in the top 20. They're 0-2. Now, yes, they have scored points, but they're mainly in the first half. And the offense has to play well for both halves if they want to win. At number 14, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I like this because they came back last week from 20 down and somehow ended up winning. At number 13, we got the New Orleans Saints. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. I mean, Jameis Winston's out there throwing interceptions like he's like he's Santa Claus or something like that. He has not looked very well. At number 12, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. No, no. No. Enough. I can't. No. You do not put a team... Owen, too, who spent $70 million on their offensive line. And Joe Burrow still gets sacked. He's been sacked 13 times this year. That, that folks, is the most in the NFL. And number 11, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Eh... Man, it's an all right pick. I mean, that's not where I'd put him, but I'd put him in the top 20 still because Justin Jefferson is proving to be a major X factor for the Vikings. Moving on to the top 10. At number 10, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they do. I understand this. They got a good offense. Now, their defense, they... They absolutely choked it against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. I mean, that might have been one of the craziest games I think I've ever seen. At number nine, we got the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the 49ers just got some bad news. Trey Lance broke his ankle, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season, so... It's Jimmy Jesus time. At number eight, we got the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I like this actually. Because, now hear me out. Hear me out. Think about who the Dolphins have. At wide receiver, they have a very good wide receiver depth. Their top two are Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. I still think Tyree kills the traitor, but he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. At number seven is the Chargers. Listen, with Justin Herbert injured right now, I, I'd still put him on top ten because their defense has J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, Nick Bosa, or excuse me, Joey Bosa, Wrong team. Anyway, at number six, we got the Los Angeles Rams. They did do a good job of bouncing back from their previous game when they absolutely choked it against the Bills. At number five is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'd probably put them there too. Because of, well, it's because, because of Aaron Rodgers. At number four, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree with this, but their offense is going to have to do a lot better. Especially when they get down into the red zone. At number three, we got the Eagles. I like this. 
Listen, the Eagles, they're a good team. I got to admit. They made some pretty good moves in the offseason. And number two, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. I like this. This is where they belong. I mean, of course, I'm biased because Chiefs fan, obviously. But I think, number one, the Bills deserve. The Bills deserve the the top spot because look at who they have. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. They got a good team, I got to admit. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I'll talk about week three of the NFL and my predictions for each game. You're listening to Taking the Snap on UCM. The Beat will be right back. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy, and you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet, you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. All right, guys, welcome back. So let's talk about week three real quick. Week three, to start off Thursday Night Football, I had the Browns winning that one. Because the Steelers' defense, they've they've proven that they're nothing without T.J. Watt. Their run defense is absolutely terrible. We got the Bills and the Dolphins coming up next. I expect this to be a good, good game. Because both offenses are absolutely dominating right now. I mean, the Dolphins put up 42 points on the Baltimore Ravens last week. And Tua threw for over 400 yards and six touchdowns. That's pretty impressive, I'd say. We got the Bengals and the Jets. I cannot believe I'm about to say this. But I got the Jets. Now hear me out, okay? Just hear me out for just a second. The Bengals' offense has not been very good to start the year. I mean, when you only score 37 points through the first two weeks, your offense is doing something wrong. Now, I know that has a lot to do with the fact that Joe Burrow has been sacked 13 times, which, again, is the most in the NFL, but that is no excuse as to why... The Bengals, the defending AFC champions, should not be winning games. Next up, we got the Raiders and the Titans. I honestly think the Titans are going to win this, but something tells me that they're not. Now, I hope the Titans win. But I think they will win this because 
The Raiders are notorious for choking away leads. I mean, look at look at last week. They had a twenty nothing lead in the fourth in the second half. They had a twenty to nothing lead. They were absolutely dominating on all facets of the ball. And they proceed to choke it away. I'm sorry, but that's just pathetic. Next up, we got the Saints and the Panthers. I'm going to take the Panthers on this one because the Saints' offense, they struggled last time against the Bucks' defense. The thing that really sealed the game was Jameis Winston throwing a pick six like he's out there. Like, he's out there handing gifts before Christmas. The way he's throwing interceptions. I hate to say it, but he's unfortunately returned to his old ways. Next up, we get a good matchup. We get the Ravens taking on the Patriots. I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Lamar Jackson, he's looked good to begin the year. I got to admit, I didn't think he could pass the ball anymore, but he proved me wrong. Now, yes, he still sucks at passing, but he's he's more of a running quarterback, I'd say, than a passing one, which that's okay. I mean, not everyone. I mean, look at Cam Newton. He can't pass the ball to save his life. Now, yes, I know that he used to be good, but just not anymore. Up next, we got the Lions taking on the Vikings. I got the Lions in this one. Because, listen, the Vikings proved, excuse me, the Eagles proved that if you stop Justin Jefferson, you pretty much stop the Vikings offense. So that's why I had the Lions winning this one. And besides, the Lions offense, they've been good to start the year. I gotta admit, I did not expect them to put up 36 points on the Commanders, but let's be honest, the Commanders have absolutely no defense at all, which is why the next game, the Eagles and the Commanders I'm going to take the Eagles because the Commanders, they can't finish the job at all. I mean, they have Kendall Fuller, who, if you remember, was a one time a Kansas City Chief. Yeah, but the Eagles, they've looked really strong to begin the season. Now, I know it's only two games, but... Their offense has come out firing. Jalen Hurts is one of the leading rushers in the NFL, which is surprising for a quarterback, in my opinion. We got the Chiefs and the Colts next. I got the Chiefs in this one. I don't think it's even going to be close. Because if you get shut out, by the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're a bad team. They, they they're called the Colts offense just looked awful to begin the year. Next up, we got the Texans and the Bears. I got the Bears, man. The Texans don't look very good at all. I mean, yes, they put up 20 points in the opening week. But they only put up nine on a Broncos defense that allowed quite a bit of offense to the Seattle Seahawks in week one. Next up, we got the Jaguars and the Chargers. Here's the thing. I would say the Jags, 
keyboard there, I would. But because of the Chargers defense, I'm going to say the Chargers. Now, it depends on what Justin Herbert is with his injury. For those of you who don't remember, he got landed on by Mike Dana and basically fractured his rib cartilage. I didn't even know you could do that. But I think the Chargers' defense, I think they can get it done with Darwin James, J.C. Jackson, Nick Bosa. They got quite a... Quite a few good players on that defense. We got the Rams and the Cardinals up next. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. They looked they looked better. They looked better against Atlanta. Now I know you're going to say it was Atlanta. They suck. Yes, they do. But the Rams almost choked away a a 28-3 lead. Now I said they almost did, but they didn't. Well, next up, we got the Bucks taking on the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to have to take the Packers on this one because Tom Brady in the offense for the Bucks hasn't really gotten anything going in the first two games. Now, once again, Tom Brady, I think, had quite possibly one of the worst games of his career. The only reason the Bucks won that game is because of the defense. Up next on Sunday Night Football, we got the Excuse me, another afternoon game. We got the Falcons taking on the Seahawks. I got the Seahawks. They're playing at home. So that stadium's probably going to be loud. And as I said before, the Falcons choke everything all the time. Up next on Sunday Night Football, we got... The 49ers versus the Denver Broncos. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Their offense finally looked complete in their last game. And the Broncos' offense still hasn't clicked on all cylinders. So you know what time it is. It's Jimmy Jesus time! And last but not least... We got the Cowboys taking on the Giants. I got the Cowboys. I think Micah Parsons is going to absolutely disrupt Daniel Jones in the pocket and not give him enough time to throw. Now, Saquon Barkley has had a good year, but it's the Giants. I wouldn't expect too much from them. I think the the team that I'm most disappointed in this year so far is the Cincinnati Bengals. What happened to that offensive line? You spent $70 million in the offseason to rebuild that offensive line. And they're not clicking at all. It's like they don't even try. Now for our now for the answer for your trivia question. The last time the Chiefs played the Colts in the regular season was in 2019. Who was the starting quarterback for the Colts in that game? The answer was B, Jacoby Brissett. Alright, everyone, this has been Taking the Snap with me, your host, Colin Sumler. I'll be on the air starting. At noon next Friday to talk about week four of the NFL and recap week three. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great weekend. And as always, go.
Tree.